0: After three and a half hours of waiting, we were stopped at the door with a bunch of people in hazmat suits. And this began a very long day that we had yesterday on our way to get back home. For those of you who don't know, uh, where we live right now currently is actually Shanghai, China. And we we haven't been there recently because over the last two months, as everybody knows, coronavirus is a huge pandemic across the world right now. And it started in China. So fortunately for us, we were actually on vacation in Bali when it began. We just had gotten out basically right before it really kind of exploded in China. So we were enjoying our time in Bali, but for the last two months it's created such an uncertainty about, you know, whether we should go back to China, whether we should go back to the states, whether we should stay in Bali. And basically these last two months have been very uncertain for us and for our family in terms of what we can control and even what's going to happen. So we decided when we were in Bali, we decided to lengthen out our stay in Bali. And then we went back to Cleveland where my wife's family is at. And we spent the last three or so weeks there. And we just made the decision just recently to come back to China. A lot of times for right now, we think of China. We think, you know, the coronavirus, that's where it all started. You know, why would you guys want to go back there? Well, interestingly enough, the number of cases now worldwide Exceeds the number of cases that there are in China. And overall, China has actually done a phenomenal job at containing the spread of the disease just to Wuhan province. And this is thanks to the just incredible measures that the Chinese government has taken to contain that spread, you know, from quarantine a city of 11 million people to the restrictions that they've placed on, you know, travel. And even for us right now, after we came back to Shanghai, we for the next two weeks, we have a 14-day quarantine. And this is everybody coming into the country has a 14-day quarantine that they have to do to prevent this disease spreading further. Unfortunately, the issue is not so much of whether China is able, going to be able to contain it as the rest of the world at this point. There's a lot of uncertainty around the availability of testing in the States. And I'm sure other places as well, just the facilities to be able to handle the outbreak and even ventilators to be able to handle the pneumonia that's associated with coronavirus. It's a big thing, obviously, in the world right now. Even if you look at the numbers, so there was 3,100 people that died in Hubei province, but outside of Hubei province, where Wuhan is, there was only 120 deaths in China. So just an incredible job containing that. And as far as Shanghai goes, and this is one of the reasons why we decided to come back, is there was 355 people that were confirmed to have the sickness. And only three of those people ended up dying. 28 people are still confirmed to be sick out of those 355. So 324 people have actually recovered in Shanghai. But to get back to our day yesterday, the measures they have taken are really incredible. So this last day was a whirlwind for us. We actually drove up from Cleveland to Toronto where, where we were getting our flight out. But on our way, we got to see Niagara Falls. It's always been on a bucket list for us. It's great to see that. It was really cold. And then we took the flight from Toronto and we left at you know 1.30 in the morning, 15-hour flight to Taipei. And four-hour layover there, we went to Shanghai. We We arrived at Shanghai at 1130 in the morning. And this is what's crazy about it. So from 1130 until three, we were on the airplane. We had to sit for three and a half hours waiting while they called individual people to come and to get screened. A bunch of people in hazmat suits met us. They took everybody's temperature. And this began this massive process to make sure that this disease doesn't spread. So we left the plane. We spent the next two hours in a screening process with asking us questions, filling out documents, seeing where we've been, that whole thing. And then after that screening process, there's only two ways that you can leave the airport. One of the ways is you have a personal driver, but if you have a a personal driver or a friend, that friend has to quarantine with you for two weeks or your personal driver, they have to have all the information, the driver's license, where they've been, everything like that on that personal driver. The other option is to basically take a collective bus. They'll take all the people where they need to go, bus them where they need to go to start your quarantine. So we had to wait for three and a half hours after this whole screening process, just to catch the bus. Total, we got in at 1130. We didn't actually get to our apartment here in in Shanghai until 930 at night. So 10 hours spent in the airport and in the whole screening process. We even had to do screening at our apartment complex as well. Had to fill out a bunch of paperwork and and start our two-week quarantine. Needless to say, it's great to be back home and have that sense of normalcy because it's been two and a half months since we've had that. So this podcast will be a little bit different than the normal format. And I just wanted to be open and just share where we've been in the past couple months and also just how difficult of a time this is and what are some just small things that we can do to help feel that sense of normalcy or that feel that sense of control. There's a quote by Bernie Siegel that says, you can't control the world. But when you control your thoughts, you bring order. And that's just been a huge thing for me, especially recently, is how can I control my thoughts to bring order? And what can I separate from what I can control and what I can't control? And if I can't control it, how much mental energy should I really be placing towards that? does our definition of success shape how we live our daily lives? Join me, your host, Michael Bellman, as we create a life of success by exploring the cutting-edge research in happiness, motivation, psychology, philosophy, and more. Welcome to Thrive Culture, Success Engineering. So let's talk about control a little bit. Now, obviously, there are some levels of control that are important. There are ways that we can direct and control our life or our day-to-day routines. And then there are obviously things that are very much outside of our control. The more that we spend our mental energy thinking about the things that are outside of our control, the less sense of control it actually gives us. But if we can have small wins in the areas of things that we can control, it goes a long way to, to helping us feel grounded. Especially during this time. You know, the big things during this time are fear and uncertainty. There's so much uncertainty around everything right now. And there's so much fear around everything right now. But taking our focus away from that and going, in this current moment, what can we control? There's a really neat tool from my favorite company related to nutrition. They're called Precision Nutrition. Now, I actually got two very comprehensive certifications through them. But one of the tools that they use is called the spheres of control. So let's picture there's three concentric circles. In the middle of these circles, you have things that you can totally control. These are things like your actions, your effort, and your attitude, especially. You can always control your mindset. You can always control your attitude. And this is actually referenced in Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning. He actually wrote this book after being a Holocaust survivor in the concentration camps in World War II. As far as situations that you can't control, that's about pretty much the top of the list. Every sense of control is stripped from you. But he says even during that time... The one thing that they can't take from you, that people cannot take from you, is the ability to be able to choose your attitude. He's like, that is the ultimate freedom of man, is the ability to be able to choose, regardless of what's going on, our response to that situation. And that can never be taken away from you. We can give it away, but that's a choice that we make. It can never be taken away from us. So back to that spheres of control tool, that inner circle is the area of total control, the area of our mindset, our effort, our actions. Then the next circle outside of that is the area that we might have some control over. These are things like our home and work environment, you know, the team that we have around us. The schedule that we have, anticipating our daily challenges. These are things that we might be able to have some control over. We might be able to, you know, direct them in a certain way. But at the same time, there's also areas of these things that we can't control. And even more so, especially during this time with, you know, all the fear and uncertainty around coronavirus, this area seems even more outside of our control. You know, being able to anticipate daily challenges, very difficult right now. Our schedule, very difficult right now because we just have this uncertainty around it. There are things that we can manipulate in our home and work environment to help us feel grounded, but this area is uncertain. Just like everything else, we have some control over it. And then that last concentric circle, there's no control over. So we have no control over the coronavirus. You know, we have no control over, you know, whether we get it, whether we don't, you know, it might happen. There are things we can do to prevent that, but ultimately we can't control that. If we could, nobody would get it. You know, so we have no control over that. We have no control over, you know, the global economics right now. You know, we can't control that. We wish we could, but we can't control that. So when we focus our effort on that outside area, all those things that we can't control, it just leaves us with tons of fear, tons of uncertainty, where the more we move into that inner circle, the area that we can control, that we have total control over, which primarily is our attitude and our mindset. The more that grounds us in terms of you know being able to get through this time, get through the challenges that we are facing right now. Another big area that we can control is our response and our attitudes towards other people. So what fear does in our brain is it actually narrows our focus around that single point. And we think that that one point is all-encompassing. You know the entire world is made up this one point that we have such fear around. The opposite is true. When we are thankful and when we're grateful and when we change our mindset and perspective, it actually opens up and it broadens things and we can see different perspectives and different views. So we can't control other people's actions, but we can control our response to other people. And I noticed, you know, even during this period of travel, I noticed this, and I had to check this even into my myself. The fear can cause me to look at other people and see them as, you know, almost a carrier of the virus. And this is something that you're always questioning in your head. And what it what it causes you to do is to look at everyone again with that fear and uncertainty. So I had to constantly checking myself and just going, no, they're they're just people. You know, and even if they do have the virus, that should not change how I treat them as a person. It should not change the value that I give them as a person in my interactions with them. Granted, I'm not saying go out there and be silly and not take precautions and not be safe, but I would caution you and encourage you to when you go out, try to almost prompt yourself in your head to... See people as people, you know, they're scared, they're uncertain as well, and see opportunities for you to be able to encourage other people during this time. Now, a very practical, tangible way that you can actually shift this mindset of fear and uncertainty towards other people, towards one of just love and generosity, is actually it's called the loving kindness meditation. And this originated in Buddhism, but it's something that, you know, this whole mindset of giving love, giving generosity, having gratitude and appreciation towards other people is mirrored in all, most of the major religions you know, around the world today but this is a very tangible practice that you can do to extend that love and that compassion towards other people during this time and this is actually what i was doing while i was sitting on the plane full of people with masks heading back toward china with a lot obviously a lot of uncertainty around this so it's very very simple and I'll use this loving-kindness meditation whenever I'm waiting for something. If I'm sitting in the car, you know, in my case it's a subway here in Shanghai. You know, anytime I'm waiting, instead of getting out my phone, I like trying to practice this because it shifts your mindset towards other people. And there's tons of research around the benefits of meditation, and even this one in particular. And we'll dive a lot more deeply into the research surrounding meditation in some of the later episodes. But very briefly, this type of loving-kindness meditation has been researched to show its help in managing social anxiety, in marital conflict, anger, you know, coping with strains of long-term caregiving. There's other research that suggests that loving-kind meditation can enhance the activation of brain areas that are involved in our emotional processing and our empathy and to boost a sense of positivity and reduce negativity. And that's what we're, we're looking at here. We want to just boost that overall sense of positivity and, and that approach towards other people, that response to other people. So regardless of your you know religious background or what you believe about that, I think we all can agree, especially during this time, that extending loving kindness towards other people is a beneficial thing to do. Again, this is a very tangible way to do this. Now, I've adapted this slightly just for myself. You can look up different ways to do it online, but It doesn't require anything from you. And that's what I love about it. You know, that's why I do it, you know, when I'm waiting for these different things. Well, how I do it is I'll say these four different phrases over and over to myself. The first phrase is, may you be happy. Second is, may you be healthy. The third is, may you be at peace. And the fourth one is, may you feel deeply loved. Now, if you remember back to the very first episode, actually, these correspond with the four values that actually circle around that definition of success that we were talking about. So the values of freedom, you know, love, joy, and peace. These are, these are values that are just fundamental to the human kind of experience, you know, that desire to be free, you know, to have peace, to have joy, to be loved, to be known. And, These are things that, you know, I would love to have in my own life, but I also want to extend them to other people. So how this works is you actually start with yourself, and this allows you to be at peace and to be calm, and then you can extend that towards other people. Once you have that sense of peace and calm. So, and this is actually the hardest, can be the hardest one for some people to actually look at themselves and to wish that happiness upon themselves and wish, you know, health and and peace and love and joy for themselves is hard, you know, because a lot of times we're very critical of ourselves, you know, so we have no problem beating ourselves down to nothing, but it's it's difficult for us to actually you know, be kind and compassionate towards ourselves. So this is something even for yourself that's incredibly beneficial to, to sit in this, to welcome this. Um, so the first one is for yourself. And you repeat that. You say, you know, may you be happy. And you just receive you receive that. And then may you be healthy. And you receive that. May you be at peace. And you just sit in that peace. And, you know, may, may you be deeply loved. And with a deeply loved one, I actually picture the people that really, really love me in my life, and I picture them surrounding me and just extending that love towards me. Last one, in and of itself, is actually just an incredibly powerful thing to do, the visualization exercise to do, even by itself. Picturing the people that love you around you, just extending love and just feeling the weight of the love that people have for you is an incredible thing to do. So you start with yourself. You know, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be at peace, and may you feel deeply loved. And then what you do is you expand it out to the cl- people that are close to you, the people that you really love and that you care for, and you say those phrases for them. You know, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be at peace, and may you be deeply loved. And you extend those things towards them. You know, I picture it almost just wrapping, wrapping around them. And then what's beautiful about this is you can extend that to strangers. So you picture all of the people around you that, you know, maybe initially you're responding in fear to wherever you're going, whether you're driving in the car, or whether you're just seeing people and you have that fear response. You extend this, this loving kindness to them and you actually wish for them to be happy and you wish for them to be healthy. You know, you wish for them to be at peace and to be, you know, well loved. And then depending on how adventurous you are, And how deeply you want to go into this, if you want to, you can actually do that same thing, extending it out to people that maybe rub you the wrong way, that you're not a big fan of, or you don't really get along well with. You can actually extend that towards them. And that's where this becomes really, really powerful. For a lot of people, this might be kind of woo-woo or out there. And that's okay. It's not something you have to do, but I found it to be very helpful in my life to set a specific intention that when I see people, I am trying to interact with them out of that mindset, out of that compassionate, loving mindset. And especially during this time, I find it to be very helpful, me in how I interact with other people. To sum up what we talked about in this episode, essentially, you know, this time is very Uncertain. There's a lot of fear around it. But ultimately, we can determine our attitude towards it, our response to other people. Remember that three concentric circles. So inside, we have the things that we ultimately control, we have full control over. So our attitude, you know, our actions, our mindset, then that middle circle. The next concentric circle, you have things that you can have some control over, your environment, your schedule, you know, anticipating daily challenges, which during this time, both of those things are a lot harder to do. But in the next episode, we'll actually talk about, you know, some specific things that you can do to help you feel that groundedness or more control in those areas. And then you have that outer circle. You have the things that you can't control. And that's global economy. That's coronavirus. There's a lot of things we can't control, so this episode helps us focus on those things inside of our control, one of which is our response to people, and one way that we can respond out of love is to practice that loving-kindness meditation. So again, four different phrases, you know, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be at peace, and may you feel deeply loved, and again, I adapted that a little bit. You can look at different, you know, ways to do that online. But for me, I find that so helpful to shift my perspective in terms of how I interact with other people. So In the next episode, we'll talk about some very practical, tangible things that you can do to kind of control your environment, to control your habits, that some of these things I actually implemented, you know, during this very crazy time when we were, you know, in three different countries and, you know, traveling all over and everything kind of felt out of control. I implemented some of these to just help me feel, you know, a tiny sense of normalcy. So I'll share some of that with you next episode. I hope to see you back for another episode of Thrive Culture Success Engineering with your host, Michael Bauman. If you enjoyed this show, it would mean a lot to me if you left a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. It really does help people find the show. Until next time, thank you for listening.